Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. That's my website where you will find an entire library of resources to help you on your journey of recovery after narcissistic abuse. There's everything, articles, um, podcasts, and YouTube videos, um, tons of stuff. So take a look at it and um, enjoy. Today's topic is 1,527 days after the discard, what I have learned from a 15-year marriage to a covert somatic narcissist and the apocalyptic aftermath that followed. I have never thought that life was fair. At an early age, I learned that there was no justice, sanity, or safety in this world, at least not for me. My mother was beautiful in a Joan Crawford kind of way. She was smart and talented, and she and my father could dance like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. She was sparkly and glamorous and ambitious and relentless and pretentious. And most of all, uh, what defined her was that she was mentally ill. My father, a handsome Thai diplomat's son, stayed in Texas with my mother to protect me from her. Talk about guilt trip. He was never really there. He worked as a civil engineer. He owned a Thai restaurant, one of the first ones in the little Texas panhandle town where I grew up. And uh, he became an avid golfer who pretty much lived on the golf course. He surrendered to his obligation, um, but spent as little time as possible uh, with the family, with my mother and I. Uh, he would rather just be anywhere else. And um, so that left me and my mom alone um, and her trying to figure out how to hold herself together. These were my role models. These were the people who showed me what a marriage was and what it was not. You didn't have to be happy. You just had to stay no matter what. So that's what I set out to do. Find a husband, hunker down for the long haul, and be together for the rest of our lives. The problem was that I had no idea what a healthy relationship looked like. And bad things, very bad things, happened to me when my father was away. By the time I was 13, I spent more time anywhere else, just like my dad, but unfortunately, in a world of predators and danger, I wasn't, uh, you know, exactly crushing it at the golf course or socializing with safe people at a Thai restaurant. I was in a much darker uh, situation. I was lost. I was untethered, numb, traumatized, abused. I think these things are cyclical and we repeat the same dynamics that we witnessed in childhood. My first marriage failed because we were both unwell, but
but living a life of overachieving, high performing. We were professionals. He was a doctor and I was a teacher. It was enough to be a high functioning, dysfunctional couple, I thought. Finally, when I met the man child I thought was truly my soulmate, this was my second husband, I thought I had finally broken the curse. He was young and wild and reckless and swept me away. And he warned me. He tested me. He exploited me, violated me, disrespected my home, my body, my family, my life. And I could not resist. Fast forward 16 years later, we had built a life with careers, both of us high-level educators with graduate degrees and a beautiful home worth over, um, well, uh, over half a million and decked out with solar panels and electric car chargers, you know, the whole thing, totally rehabbed, really just kind of a forever home where you want to age in place and never leave. I felt safe there. It was like the home I had always dreamed of, you know. It was, it was something that most people dream of having, and I had it. This life, this replete with, with world travel, you know. We were both teachers, so we had summers off and holidays, and so we went all over the place. We went to great restaurants and, um, you know, had all kinds of great food, top-notch entertainment, live theater, opera, ballet, concerts, you name it, everything that people just dream of. And, you know, it felt symbiotic, intimate, passionate, exciting, com comfortable, safe, familiar, and cozy all at once. When he suddenly abandoned me in June of 2019, it was like a savage murder and even though I was in shock for a few weeks, I died that day and just could not accept that reality that it was like it was a death. Since then, I have fought with fierce determination to survive by birthing, birthing a new me, creating a, a new self, inventing a new life. And it has just been the hardest thing I've ever done. I realize that this journey towards wholeness and health did not just begin four years ago, four and a half years ago, four years and four months ago. It started like it's, well, it's just, it's been a journey that I've been trying to take for my whole life. Um, it's just that, it finally took a complete annihilation for me to truly learn the lessons that my soul needed to learn. My ex-husband with NPD provided that opportunity for me when he torpedoed me and blew me to smithereens and completely erased me as if I never existed. Maybe that um, is what was in our soul contract and what he was sent to, to do. Uh, nothing was what I believed it was all those years. So I imagine I will never fully understand how it all went down, but I do know that, you know, it forced a total reboot of all my systems, and I am not the same person as I was before I met him. 
you know, I've learned a few things about complex trauma and prolonged grief, about CPTSD and recovery, and about the ghost of the past that won't release us with the introjects and ruminations and flashbacks and all of that. So what is my hard-earned wisdom at this terrible price that I paid? All right, well, I'm going to share that with you now. <laughs> um, I have learned about loneliness and how to spend endless hours alone without anxiety or panic. I had always depended on external people and things to keep me calm and safe. It helped regulate my emotions, which happens to be a borderline trait. So I'm sure I have some borderline personality disorder, codependent kind of thing sprinkled in there. Um, but I learned that we need to, to do that, that we need to validate ourselves from the inside out, um, <clears throat> and that we need to regulate our own emotions to be calm and safe. Um, that we have to manufacture our own, um, fill our own cup, that kind of thing, and not always look outside of ourselves for other people to do it for us. Um, I have also learned that some of the people you thought would always be there in a time of need cannot comprehend what is happening to you and that you have to find your own tribe that speaks your language because nobody else really gets it. They just don't. And so they can't help you and they can't support you and they can't even sometimes hear about it because they don't even know what you're saying. Um, so it's like you're speaking in tongue or something. They, they, they can't comprehend it. I have also learned that by the time they are done with you, the narcissist, and as a result of the ruthless way that they leave you, cruelly, abruptly, even the most stable person becomes a raving lunatic and the world thinks that you are the psycho while the narcissist stands by watching with that maddening little smug smirk like they're so innocent, like they're the victim. And what a crazy person you are. Ha 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 ha. That's kind of what that takeaway is. And people believe that. People think it's you, that you're the one that is not okay. And that happens so frequently in these relationships with people with NPD. That's how they play it. They, they stage it. They, they work very hard to make it go down like that. I've also learned to self-validate, like we said earlier about internally uh, learning to do that, and manufacturing what I need from inside out instead of looking outside of myself to find it externally. Self-reflection is required as well as an honest self-assessment. I've learned that things like morals, ethics, values, standards, virtue, and honor all matter, and that our character is defined by these things. We are not hollow and empty like the disordered narcissist, so these things are worth fighting for to keep and to use to navigate through life. Really, 
those are the things that matter. Our ethics, our morals, our standards, our values, our virtue, our honor, all of that. Those are the things that really, really matter at the end of the day. They define you and your integrity. I have learned that the world we live in is unraveling and it's losing its direction. Don't you think? Look around. Watch the news. See what's happening. You know, while, while in recovery and after you get through this, don't follow the blind. Be the light bearer and speak only truth. Even if others are incapable of hearing it, you have to do this because there's so many people in this world who are motivated by really dark things that turn out to be evil things, deceptive evil, and it, and it has people tricked and fooled, and there's so many people who are so lost right now. Don't follow them, and don't worry about what they think about all of this. You know, it's kind of stigmatized and kind of made kind of like victim shaming or something to make people feel bad because they've been like victimized by a mentally ill person. You know, they, you walk away feeling like they really don't respect you for taking it so long. They don't respect you for, for being with somebody who is unwell uh, mentally like this, but you know what? Forget them. You know, this is not something that, that we, the people who got played, the people who were the victims of this, of this narcissistic, sociopathic, psychopathic, cluster B, uh, cluster fuck, we are not guilty. We, sure, our vulnerabilities made us stick around long after we should have gone. And sure, we were scripted and programmed very early on, most of us, to tolerate something like this because it seems very normal because we came from bad places that taught us toxic things. Sure, that, that's true in more cases than not, but it's not our fault. We didn't choose it, and there's no shame there. You should hold your head up, and you know, you're not a victim. Let me clarify that. You have been victimized by a predator You've been gobbled up, gobbled up and shredded and torn to pieces by a predator. You have been victimized, but you are not a victim. That is not your identity. What happened to you does not define you. I have learned that strength comes from acceptance and forgiveness, both for the person with MPD and for ourselves. Both the narcissist and the victim have experienced trauma. It is a tragedy for everyone involved. I've learned that they are a walking contradiction, a walking dream, and a waking dream, and a nightmare all at the same time. And, the, and they're like the walking dead, you know. They're zombies, all hollow and empty. They have no core. They have no core. It is something that will never make sense and you're never going to get closure. Not really. You're just going to have to accept the situation and move along. I've learned that we are all in this alone. And no one is coming to help any of us. I learned that helplessness is a part of relationships with narcissists. Learned helplessness. And they make you dependent on them. 
and then they condemn you for being dependent on them. We have to depend on ourselves and be independent. I have learned that the partner with NPD steals your identity, abandons you, erases you, rewrites history, blames you, hates you, and that your ability to fully grasp how any of this is even possible is more than you can imagine. I've learned that time waits for no one, and during the time that you are are gone away into this rabbit hole of shared fantasy mutual psychosis with the narcissist, that time is lost forever. Months, years, even decades in many cases, gone. Gone while life moved on without you. When you rejoin reality, you may find that no one is still there because they had to leave you behind. They, they have already mourned your loss. You are, are dead now to them in many cases. They couldn't wait. And, and they're gone. I have learned that you can be victimized without claiming that whole victimhood as part of, you know, as part of your identity that defines you. You know, you're more than what happened to you. We cannot accept this victimhood status, this label. Uh, like I said before, it is very toxic. We have to be warriors. We have to fight. We have to fight for our own wellness. I have learned that you lose the people and things that you love the most when you can't walk away from a mentally unwell narcissist for all the many reasons that we just can't seem to do it. Forgive yourself for not being able to do it. You had a lot of stuff happening there. They were um, injured so badly, trust broken, and they, they moved on without you. All you can do is try to be the best version of yourself possible now and tell them how much you love them. And even when you could not be there for them, show them that that was, you know, that you were gone because you were down a rabbit hole with the narcissist and that you regret that so very much, the time lost. And, and then try to make up for that, you know, because that's what people want from you is for you to make up for, for that lost time if you can. And for you to acknowledge that it was a really messed up kind of, of, of thing. Um, so, you know, there are many reasons why you didn't go. Trauma bonds, neurochemical dysregulation, peptide addiction, cult programming, brainwashing. The list goes on. And when you understand all that stuff, you know that it had a, it was like, you know, it's like being a drug addict. It's like you were on heroin or something. And, you know, even though you want to quit, you don't want to die. You don't want to lose everything, but it's just so powerful. It's, it's like you don't even have a choice. People need to understand that. I've learned that the narcissist takes your identity and leaves you empty and thus causing an existential crisis. You have to create a new self. They murdered the person that you were. You have to start from the beginning. I've learned that many of us were volunteers. 
not victims. We chose the narcissist and we jumped into the fire, right? We just jumped in. And, um, you know, we have to try to decipher why we were so susceptible and vulnerable to something so deadly and dangerous. And then we have to work really hard, turn inward to dismantle that part of ourselves and extinguish it, cut it out like a cancer and make it to where the power of light and love shine in us in ways that it hasn't before. I've learned that you must forgive yourself for falling down that rabbit hole with that narcissist and abandoning your whole life only to end up with them abandoning you. I have learned that loneliness and emptiness after the narcissist is, is like, you know, after um, they're gone is overwhelming and can take you to some very dark places. So you have to create a team to support you and help you navigate these hopeless moments of despair. It's life-threatening, so do not minimize it or discount it. I have learned that courage is getting up and putting one foot in front of the other and taking one breath and then the next breath, even though you can't imagine getting through a whole day. I have learned that the mutually psychotic narcissistic shared fantasy holds sway because everyone else you meet who is healthy and safe is just too boring and vanilla. I've learned that we must recondition ourselves to stop being love junkies and dopamine addicts. Yep, I said it, love junkies and dopamine addicts. Sure, a narcissist provides a larger-than-life high, but it's a drug and nothing more, so you got to get sober. I have learned that there is absolutely nothing you can do to restore the past and to reclaim the life that you had before, that you before you fell in with this person with NPD. It slipped away, and it floated beyond the horizon a long time ago, and you must accept that now that it no longer exists, you can't reclaim it, it's gone. I have learned that you cannot fix some of the broken people in this world. The person with NPD is an absence of being, and they are unreachable, unbreachable. You can't fix them. They died a long time ago, and they just wear pieces of other people to appear like everyone else. They're not there. They're ghosts. I've learned that the entrainment-induced um, introjects are one of the last things to go. These things stuck in your mind like barbed wire. The mocking, smirking, critical voice that scoffs at how miserable your life is now without them. I've learned that the abuse continues after they are long gone and the criticisms, the mocking, the contempt, the judgment, the ridicule, the humiliation, all of it, you must find a way to silence it because it will continue. You can just almost expect that to happen. I have learned that no one will understand or believe you when you try to tell them what you have experienced and what you're going through with this enmeshment and brainwashing and all of this, it's just too much. 
I've learned that if you don't let go of them completely, there is no space for better things to come in. Think about that. If you don't let go of them completely, how is anything good going to come to you? It's filled up with yucky, toxic, narcissist stuff. I learned that 1,527 days later, I learned that life goes on. And that is exactly what we all must do. We must work to free ourselves. And we have to just keep going. Thank you guys for listening. I'm rooting for you. I know you can do it. Be a trooper. See you next time. Much love. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.